It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., grateful owner of KWM Radio God Country, Texas, the great state of Texas. Thank God for it. And I'm sitting with my co-host, Dallas Dallas, <laughs> elder lawyer attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm, I'm fine and happy and joyful and laughing like you are. I appreciate it. It's good uh, that you had that little bit of eggnog. That's why you yeah, spoke, you spoke the way you did. But no, other than that. I, I should have eggnog soon, though. I'm looking forward to it. I love eggnog. Do you like eggnog? No, I'm not really a big fan. But <laughs> Dairies make me dream, though, so I don't have eggnog at night. Dairies make you dream at night? No, I, you no. know, I, I, I dream about all these pleasant things about what happens if something goes wrong with some client. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're one of those. And that's great for the listeners. You're type A and you're very concerned about your stable of clients. And uh, I don't blame you for that. I feel the same way. And um, that's what our calling is. And I'm grateful for yours and mine. Um, today, our calling on this show is to talk about the transfer on death deeds, what that is, what that means, and why that's important to our listeners or anybody for that matter. So fire away, sir. Well, I thought the reason why I thought I would um, talk about it because there was a recent court decision which kind of seemed contrary to what you think about when you think about a a transfer on debt deed because normally with a transfer on debt deed, your property passes outside of a probate court or a court with proper jurisdiction. Let me kind of clarify. So Sometimes, well, first of all, why are there transfer on death deeds? About five, four to four, a little over four years ago, the state legislature, at after a after research, had found out that a lot of Texans didn't have a will. We talked about people who failed to have wills on uh, last week's show, and and so because of that, created title nightmares. Remember, we talked about how if you don't have a will, then the state has, determines how things go. And there could be all sorts of different relatives, and it could be 35 people having one piece of property because of relationships, and it was just a title nightmare creating um, uh, more problems than it should. So the state legislature decided that you could easily just transfer property upon your death by signing some sort of form-type document that says, upon my death, the property goes to so-and-so. If you have that transfer on death deed, then it goes basically automatically to whomever that beneficiary might be. That supersedes every document? Yeah, it supersedes a will. It supersedes anything because it just goes directly. You, you show the death certificate, uh, et cetera. Let's right. say you wanted to change your mind. You could cancel the transfer on death deed. Wow. Let's say you uh, – or you could just do a new transfer on death deed, and that supersedes the old 
transfer on death deed. Is this like a ladybird deed? Would you well, say? it's it's similar. They're uh-huh. similar. A ladybird deed that we've talked about on prior shows also is a deed that goes to pro, to per somebody at death. Mm-hmm. Now, a ladybird deed. There are some differences. The ladybird deed, for example, um, would give more warranties. In other words, it goes back through the time, through the beginning of time of how the property was acquired, uh, the Spanish land grants or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you could go – it goes back as far as warranties further back, whereas the transfer on debt deed just goes however that person acquired it. Okay. It's only the good title as to that person. So it's probably preferable for a title company because they don't want to have to – uh, there's less risk for them if they had a transfer on death deed. Mm-hmm. So, but for the uh, somebody else, a, um, a a ladybird deed, which is an enhanced life estate deed. What does that mean? So let me clarify. So a uh, enhanced life estate deed or ladybird deed, it says I retain my property for life. However, not only do it does it just and when I say if I just did a regular life estate deed, there would be what's called a remainder interest. Hmm. In other words, the beneficiaries would have some rights immediately based upon how old the person was that signed the deed with reservation of life estate. Unlike that, an enhanced life estate deed is a deed where you retain total control, so the remainder beneficiaries only get something at death. In other words, if the ladybird deed would say, all right, if I sell the property, I get the proceeds. If I mortgage the property, I get the proceeds. If I lease the property, I get the proceeds. If I want to change my mind on who it's going to go to, I could do it. I could do whatever I want. Now, on both the transfer on debt deed and the enhanced life estate or ladybird deed, typically it's used for your homestead. A homestead, uh, of course, you have a homestead exemption, and if you've retained control, you're going to be paying lower property taxes based on it being a homestead. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you're either disabled or over 65, then you also have that benefit of having lower property taxes based on that either disability or if you're over 65. Okay. Um, and if you've retained control, if your property has gone up in value, then typically what happens is that your heirs get what's called a step-up in basis. In other words, you get the value as of the date of death, as opposed to if somebody had just deeded the property during, to you during lifetime. Okay, okay so if, in other words, if let's say I bought a home for 100000 and when I died it was 250000 If I had just deeded the property by warranty deed to a child right now during my lifetime— First of all, I may have lost, if that person wasn't living at the home, I may have lost the homestead exemption, Mm -hmm. uh, so there would be higher property taxes. Uh, Number two, uh, the donee, the one, the child, received the basis of the donor. So if I bought it for $100,000 and I gave it to the child and the child then sells it, they would pay capital gains tax on that $150,000 increase. Whereas if they had inherited it, then there would be the value would now be the date of death. So if they sold it for that same two fifty, there would have been no capital gains tax. Okay. So that's one reason why you want to retain your home and not give it to a child, not to mention the fact that if you were to apply for, let's say, long-term care Medicaid 
or if you were to apply for veterans benefits, uh, there's a look-back period. So if you give anything away, they presume that you did it on purpose to reduce your assets so the government would help pay for care costs. I see. So so now, uh, before you give away something, you have to look before you leap because now we talked about property taxes. We talked about capital gains taxes. We talked. We didn't even talk about the loss of, uh, you know, we talked on the last week's show that a homestead is protected from creditors, but if you gave it to somebody else, it's no longer a homestead unless that person lives in the homestead. So now you've lost credit protection. Uh, and uh, so a lot – and then we also talked about now about Medicaid and VA, a lot of reasons for you to keep things in your own control. And would you please then elaborate just briefly on then the, the difference when it comes to giving money away? versus a home, because aren't you entitled to give money away each year? Okay, so yeah, uh, so for IRS purposes, you could give up to $15,000 a year per donee. Okay, per tax person. free. Yeah, okay. tax free. So you could give away without even reporting. So it's subject to, that's a gift tax. And by the way, if you did make a gift that was more, who is the one responsible for the gift tax? Most people think that it would be the donee, the one who receives it, but it's actually the donor. Yeah, it's always interesting that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's the one who makes the gift that's responsible for the gift tax. But so you what, really inherit that full amount. Well, I got to pay taxes later. No, you don't. Yeah, right. Right. You don't. You don't have to pay tax except for. Um, the the one who makes the gift is the one who's responsible. But even if they had given more than fifteen thousand dollars, you would the one who makes the gift could file a gift tax return saying how much that they're using of their credit during uh, their uh, during life that they could have given at death. Which is how much? Well, in two thousand nineteen is eleven million four hundred thousand dollars, and it's going up to eleven million five eighty as of January one. And wasn't it way lower ten years ago? Oh, sure. It, yeah. it, when the Bush administration began, remember the whole idea was to to we thought that we shouldn't have a death tax, right? And so it was six hundred thousand dollars just uh, at the beginning of you know around two thousand two thousand one. And now it's going to be eleven million five eighty. And there was just final regulations just issued just a couple of weeks ago. So your question is very well timed. That even if the it goes back down, which it's scheduled to do in twenty twenty six, back down to the five and a half a million five million and change uh, adjusted for inflation. Uh, so the gift tax laws and the state tax laws, the amount that you can give is supposed to go down. Uh, in about you know six years, six years okay. uh-huh. uh, it, but unless, depending on who gets elected, there are some proposals to reduce that limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sanders plan, for example, is to reduce it to three million dollars. Right. Uh, I don't think that will occur, but you don't you know when it comes to politics, uh, we never know mm-hmm. what will happen. I'm and sure Elizabeth Warren is similar to pro- Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what hers is, but uh, you're right, it's somewhat similar. And Trump's, I'm sure, is off the chain the opposite. Yeah, right, right, uh-huh. right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Now, very few uh, Americans, less than 1%, have the estate that's right. uh, less than— you know, Now, this is different than a, a state-estate taxes. Texas doesn't have that— that state-to-state taxes like California or some of the other places. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had somebody that was from New Jersey recently, and they had a uh, joint account. And in New Jersey, the estate tax limit, at least a few years ago when they established the account, 
was only was they had state ta- state estate taxes if it was over like oh six or seven hundred thousand or something like that, mm-hmm. and so you had to get something to verify that they had moved to Texas because they wanted to make sure that New Jersey, even though they had a joint account. Paid their state estate taxes, so you're living now. You know why the different one. The a lot of people, you know, we heard recently that oh, a big corporation, um, uh, TD Charles Schwab and Meritrade, where Schwab's going to um, move to uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, right. and a lot of the different they were from San Francisco, where it's so expensive. Sure. Texas, uh, of course, I'm a Texan, native Texas, so I'm a little bit prejudiced. Um, that we are more business friendly and we have more affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And here we talked about taxes. We're more tax friendly. Mm -hmm. And we're also happen to be, uh, I noticed we're three of the top 10 cities in the country. We're the fastest growing and things like that. You wonder why, you know, now there should be no wonder. wonder. Yeah. Well, anyway, sorry to get off on that, but Mm -hmm. the answer is that, uh, and the final regulation said that even if you gave away 11 million today, Uh if you had 11, million uh, that uh, which most people don't uh, that even if their law changes that you're grandfathered mm-hmm. so that has been finalized just in this November of 2019 okay so for example what do you mean by grandfathered then give us an example so let's say the tax law goes down to six million dollars in 2026 okay. and you gave away 11 million in 2020 2019 okay you're not going to have to pay gift tax even though the law changes later on. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, now the reason for the gift tax laws, by the way, was that going back to the days of the Rockefellers, that when you um, uh, they were giving away assets so that they pay less estate taxes. And so basically they wanted to make sure that that things weren't just – uh, passed down so people would pay less taxes. Mm-hmm. So that's why they started the gift tax laws. And so anyway, yes, you can give away assets uh, and whether it's but, – but remember one thing, though. That's gift tax laws, IRS rules. Mm-hmm. That's different than Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So Medicaid or VA public benefits generally are means-tested. And so they say if you make a gift within a certain look-back period – in other words, before you apply for that benefit, for most med- many Medicaid programs, that's a five-year look-back period. I say many Medicaid programs because there's 40 or 50 Medicaid programs each with their own rules. Mm. So the rules for breast or cervical Medicaid is different than if it's long-term care Medicaid or for children's Medicaid or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. VA, Veterans of Benefits, if you're a wartime veteran or the widow of a wartime veteran, uh, they have a – and you were, let's say, needed care, you're in assisted living. They have a three-year look-back period. Yeah. And the rules are different on how you calculate ineligibility if you did make a gift. So even if you made that $15,000 gift that was okay for gift tax laws, it is not good for public benefits planning, uh, even if you gave necessarily perhaps to a charity because the presumption is that you reduced your assets on purpose to get eligible for that benefits. It's an anti-fraud provision. The Congress knows that the public has thought of everything, and it sounds like Congress has thought of everything, too, to make certain that everybody pays their fair share. Is that accurate? Well, I mean, you know, they there's different – so there are different laws, and I guess the way you look at things is what you want to promote and what you don't want to promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like on taxes, if uh, we want you to save for retirement so you will defer your taxes. Right. We want you to provide for 
um, let's say something that's energy efficient, we might give you some sort of break. Mm-hmm. Or if you're um, if you're um, uh, we'll let you set up this or that for college education. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll give different things. We'll give benefits because we think it's a good thing. One of the uh, interesting things from the um, uh, that I read recently uh, was for the mayor of uh, South Bend, who's you know running for uh, uh, president. Buttigieg. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of his uh, suggestions, which I thought was interesting, is because you see long-term care. Is dec- uh, insurance sales are declining quite a bit, mm-hmm. like ten or thirteen fold mm-hmm. uh, less sales. Uh, is to be allowing people to make withdrawals prior to uh, the retirement age where you can make re- withdrawals without penalty mm-hmm. if they buy long term care insurance. That's In true. other words, to to encourage people to have long term care insurance, which people less and less people are doing. There's been more towards the hybrids that we will allow a withdrawal from your. So for the 50 year olds who want to, we'll give you a bit a break. If you normally you can't make a withdrawal from your IRA or 401k or whatever without a penalty if you're before age 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. So here, what the proposal is: if you buy long-term care insurance, we're not going to penalize you. Etc. So, so you're we're going to give you an incentive to have long-term care. So that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. so so when you say a lot of these different, well, at least in my mind, that's mm-hmm. a good thing because we're living longer. Right. Anyway, so uh, here, getting back to to what we were sorry to divert from the topic that we originally were discussing, which mm-hmm. was transfer on death deeds. For mm-hmm. those who remember the beginning of the show. <laughs> Again, uh, for those who weren't part of the beginning of the show, a transfer on debt deed, just like similar to a ladybird deed, which is an enhanced life estate deed, transfers property upon death. It would not be considered a gift because you're still in control, and so it's an incomplete gift. It's not going to go to you because we could change our mind. And by the way, um, the which is different than. Let's say if you had an irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. And you, Michael's going to talk about that irrevocable trust oh. in one second. <laughs> I need to talk about the next workshop because there's so much information okay. already that we have to make certain you know what the next step is now and at the end of the show. And the next step is to sign up for his next workshop, which is on Saturday, December the 28th at 10 o'clock. And if you can't make that one because of the holidays and vacations and the like, then on Thursday, January the 23rd at 1 o'clock. And... To sign up for those free estate essentials workshop, estate planning essentials workshop, you need to dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael, tell them where the workshops are. Okay, well, there we have a conference center in our building, which is, uh, if you know where Medical City Hospital is in North Dallas, uh, close to uh, Forest and Central and LBJ mm-hmm. Coit area, if you know where that is. Very That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freeway yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, it's free. 75. You can't right, 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 right. Right off the freeway there. That's very helpful. And go ahead. You were going to say, yeah. And th- th- so it's in our conference center, and it's the workshop. As you said, is free. It's about two hours typically. It's two hours. Okay. The one on d- Saturday, December twenty eighth at ten o'clock. 
Um, we've never done that, by the way, during the – we usually call it the dead week of, of uh, Christmas because a lot of people aren't working at mm-hmm. that week. But we've already had – Quite a few people sign up. Usually our workshops do have a wait list. So if you are interested in going to have that two free hours of estate planning or Medicaid, whatever it is that you want to know about estate planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits, whatever those type of issues may be that concern you, uh, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at dallaselderlawyer.com. We at you at we ask what is it that you want to know and we write down those questions and we and that in two hours, which you'll see that will fly by and that you're gonna learn a lot and you'll have some fun along the way. Uh, that you'll find I think that you'll find it well worth your time. It's no no obligation. It's mm-hmm. just an educational process. However, you do get a for those who do, and only for those who do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop. They also get a free one hour vision meeting if you do want to um, explore your own situation further. But so you get three free hours of education. You can see part of what we just kind of talked about uh, just a second ago. We were originally were talking about transfer on death deeds, and then we started talking about gifting and gift tax laws. And and that's kind of the way it works at the workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asks one question because it's it's not a talking head. We ask what you want to know. And then somebody asks about transfer on death deeds, and then somebody else asks about gifting. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of talk about it. So you'll see what we've just kind of done just a second ago is kind of similar in some respects to the workshop. It's whatever it is you want to know. You asked about gifting, but there's a but we have to think about all these other issues when you do gifting. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be capital gains tax issues? Is there property tax issues? Is there gift tax issues? Is there going to be Medicaid issues? Mm-hmm. So what you've just done uh, is an illustration of all the different types of things that you have to consider. You have to look before you leap. All you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 number and see what not only the questions that you may want to know answered, but also maybe you might see the things that other people uh, may have asked that you may not even have thought of, just like you talked about the gift tax issue. And that's ironic that the operative word is gift. It's the common denominator here. And it never occurred to me in all the years we've been doing this show, five years now, I think. You've been on the air five, six years with KAAM. And never a complaint, of course, never, ever about Michael and his company and his services and his people. Uh, but the gift is not just the gift information that you're, you're sharing with the audience, but the gift of the free workshop, the KWM coffee mugs, which are gifts for anybody who attends the workshops. <laughs> who could ask for anything more? A real exactly. Christmas stocking exactly. stuffer. And then this is the season to give. My recommendation to you is you've got siblings, you've got parents. You've got grandkids. A gift would be to sign up for the workshop. And I know it's free, but still, to do that and bring them with you. Michael can accommodate three or four people per unit. So come to the workshop and make that one of your gifts. I know it's not wrapped up in a bow and under the tree, but it could be the most, the best, most intangible gift you could give anyone, especially with you meeting or spending time with family and friends. Yeah, I think, you know, we actually think that's true because we think that when you plan, you're saying you're having a love letter. You're saying, um, this is what I want to do because I want to protect you. Very good. Not only during my – I want to protect myself first, but I want to protect you too. And whatever it is that you want to protect, you want to protect a kid from a bad marriage? 
and you want to make sure the grandkids are taken care mm-hmm. of? Do you want to protect your kid because they're a spendthrift or because they're a, an addiction? Do you want to protect somebody from lawsuits? Do you want to protect from planning for public benefits to get eligibility for uh, for long-term care? Things that we kind of talked about here a little bit today. I do want to mention, though, b- uh, before we uh, wrap up here today, uh, and again, of course, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 number, and I think that as we reach the new year, it is a good time to think about planning to protect our loved ones through that love letter, whatever it may be for your own estate planning. I want to do mention that uh, on the transfer on death deed, that there was a recent case in Fort Worth where the transfer on death deed was set aside. Now, you might say, well, how could that be if it goes automatically upon death to the grantee or beneficiary? Uh, you, you shouldn't even have court supervision. Why was it that the Tarrant County Fort Worth Court uh, uh, said no, it's under probate su- supervision? Because in this case, the jury determined that the transfer on death deed was procured by fraud or undue influence. This is the first case like that, so it's similar to a will to collect to be able to collect uh, assets to pay bills, the executor, if there is a will, that they would have the authority to uh, supersede that transfer on debt deed, which normally is the other way around. Normally, a transfer on debt deed supersedes a will. Mm. But like a will, so a will could be overturned if it was if there was an um, somebody was induced by fraud, mm. or if they were under duress or if they were under undue influence. So let's say you had a child who takes somebody who has questionable capacity to meet with the attorney. Would somebody or could somebody argue there was undue influence? I remember I told you the story uh, one time a long time ago, where we've talked about maybe a couple times, where I had somebody that came to my office and the older lady who had several different children, I think about seven children, and all she had was her home. And I said, and she had no teeth. And I said to her, who do you want your home to go to? And she went, blah, 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 something that was, un, and I couldn't understand her. So I asked her again, now, I'm sorry, I must, my hearing must be go, going or something. I, I couldn't understand you. Who did you say your home went to? Again, she said something unintelligible. Mm-hmm. So finally, I asked the daughter, can you tell me what did she say? She said, well, the home goes to me. There it is. <laughs> I said, okay, I think that this one is not a good case. No, not a good case. We need a translator for sure. Uh, Michael's doing everything he can to translate how complicated these matters can be, these laws can be, new legislation, et cetera, especially with 2020 looming. Lots of changes next year, which we'll talk about next show perhaps. But sign up for his next workshop so you can better reconcile your own individual circumstances. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Happy holidays. Thank you. leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, 
which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.